Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 159. I am Sean, and joined with me, we have Offroad Andy. Yeah, I'm happy to be here at such an early hour. We are recording early. It's pretty nice. We're uh, we're trying to get a a daylight podcast in for once. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice. We also have Tony Katz. Yes, I was actually uh, going to say the same thing. It is kind of weird looking out the window right now while we're recording and Seeing still a fair amount of daylight, and it, it just reminds me of uh, times we do those summer podcasts like in the garage or something where we'd start at like 6.30 or 7 even, and there was still an hour of daylight yeah. left. Mm-hmm. And lately it's been, every time we start, it's already it's dark. back. Kind Ooh. of spooky. I, I enjoy when we do it in the daylight. It's nice. I also enjoy the, the nighttime. Remember we used oh, to yeah. have pitch black in here? Oh, yeah. that was Well, that was fun also, obviously. Yeah, we still can. Yeah. Midnight, midnight pod. Midnight pod. All the good boys and girls have gone back. <laughs> well, to I was bed. thinking more like we'd throw sand on the microphones at the end of it. Oh, the Midnight Ooh, Society yeah. is now over. I see what you're like doing that. there. Well, uh, you guys tuning in, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend, regardless of where they live. We're worldwide, baby. And uh, you can listen to this podcast just about anywhere you uh, listen to those uh, good old pods. And uh, check out our entertainment pod. But this is our sports. We don't have Cooch tonight. No, we do not. And uh, we do have a Laker game that we want to watch, which is also why we're recording earlier. Um, should we kick things off with NBA talk? Yeah. So yesterday, as we're recording this, two days ago, as you're most likely listening to this, was the Kobe Bryant Memorial. Did you guys watch it? So I ha- I had it on at my place of work, but it was uh, on a Spanish channel. But uh, it was still, like, mostly in English, and then they would, like, kind of say it in Spanish over it. I kind of, like, got a little close to try to listen to it. Uh-huh. But for me, it was mostly just watching it. And then, I mean, all, like, the major stuff, like, obviously, like, his wife talking and uh, it's been all Michael Jordan talking and Shaq. Like, all the highlights of their speeches were you can find all over Instagram. But I did actually, this morning, sit down and watch the whole, like, 12-minute speech that Jordan gave, and I thought it was... A really good speech. I mean, it's terrific. And I think like uh, Andy and I were talking before we started the recording is, you know, Michael Jordan's one of those guys that one of the superstar players in the NBA that you just, he's not around as much. You don't ever see him on TV, like as doing interviews or anything. You don't Mm -hmm. see him broadcasting anything. You don't see him even at like the all-star weekends. Mm -hmm. So I think like kind of seeing him there and talking and all that was kind of made it even, even better, but. It was good. I mean, he shared some good stories. You know, I liked that a lot of them short, shared the personal stories. I think my favorite yeah. story was when uh, how Shaq had shared that uh, a couple of the teammates at the time were telling, were getting pissed off and telling Shaq like, hey, you know, tell this kid he's not passing the ball. Yeah. And he goes up to him and says like, you know, there's no, uh, he's like, all right, I'll talk to him. And he goes and talks to Kobe and says, you know, there's no I in team. And he goes, yeah, I know, but there's an ME in that motherfucker. And then how they said how like Shaq went back to them and said, He's not passed and just get the rebound. Yeah, what I loved about that story is how he said he didn't. He didn't say he went back to them. He said, "So I told Rick Fox and Big Shot Bob, you're not getting the ball." <laughs> so I just love that he said, "Oh, a couple guys," and then at the end he names them. And it's like I, that's those are the guys you think those are the yeah, the vets yeah. and yeah, those and are the like, guys that would have been upset. And Rick Fox was there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that was. I don't think they. Uh, ever no, no. Hated I mean, no, I'm sure at the time it was how anybody would think. It's the new. He's the cocky young kid. You're the older vet, and you're like, oh, watch out, kid. And then. You know, he ends up becoming Kobe Bryant, and you're like, okay, well. But, I mean, that's how it is with any young guy. It doesn't matter who you are. Those vets are always going to, you know. Oh, yeah. well, and, and those guys did a great job. I think they'll, they get 
a little forgotten in that championship run. Oh, yeah. That oh, was I huge. never forget those. That oh, was yeah. huge getting those guys because, you know, those first few years of Kobe and Shaq, they yeah. uh, were disappointing. And they didn't really, they didn't win the title until they got Rick Fox and Robert Ory. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Back when it was like Eddie Jones and Elvin yeah. Campbell and Sabalas or what, what however you said say. Said Sabalas, the yeah. best. Yeah. There's some interesting, Travis Knight. I mean, yeah. some some interesting fellas on that team. But yeah, I mean, it was around that time when, the, like, what, 98, 99, 2000-ish yeah. is when uh, things started peaking for them. And that's also another thing where Jordan said is he couldn't remember if it was 99 or 2000 when. I loved that. He was here and he went to go say, like, talk to Phil Jackson and Kobe was there and. Basically, and just looked at him and said, you bring your shoes. He's in a suit. Yeah, like, you know, like ready to play. But, yeah, it was uh, it was cool. I mean, obviously, hearing his wife, you know, it was obviously, you know, tough because it's, it's bigger with her because everybody's up there really talking about Kobe. She's up there talking about her daughter also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty wild. And then you've got the Oregon girl who I can't – how do you say her last name? Yeah. I'm, it's, yeah, I'm not going to I don't try. know, but, yeah, it starts with an I. But yeah. she's amazing, and she was sharing some personal text messages that – she would get like throughout this current season, like every time she, cause she's a triple double machine. And honestly, I mean, we don't ever obviously talk NCAA women's basketball, but she's, I think she's going to lead Oregon to winning the title this year. She's really good. And she shared some personal stories about how he would text her after games and just be like, you know, like sending like muscle emojis and like saying like money, you know, like can't be stopped, like stuff like that. So it was really just cool hearing everybody share their, the personal stories and, uh, yeah, it's sad, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of like a day that people will always, you know, it's the official Mamba Day, you know, is 224, his daughter's number and his number. So it's a pretty cool moment, but still a bummer, still kind of hard to believe, but mm-hmm. it was, I thought it was a really good ceremony. And I mean, it would have obviously been amazing to be at something like that because you saw all the players that were there too. Like you had like current yeah. players like oh, Curry, James Harden, Green, Irving. I mean, Obviously, all like the Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and company. But yeah, the old Spurs. Yeah, you had a lot of a lot of people there. So it really just showed you like the impact he had. But I mean, it's kind of crazy because I'm not sure if any of those players that were there currently in the NBA had a game that evening. Also, uh, the Rockets did. Yeah, they did. Okay, didn't someone? Were so, they in New Yorker? Where did they fly? I'm that'd be impressive. Sure. But I mean, I probably. Sure. But uh, the Oregon player did. Yeah, and she, she ended up going to Stanford. A, yeah, yeah, she ended up having a. Yeah, at least that's not that bad yeah. of a flight. That's not a big deal, but it is crazy for some of those guys that did have to go back to the middle of the country or even the East Coast and mm-hmm. suit up. But uh, yeah, I saw on the news. I was watching that before the thing started. They're interviewing just people and like people are like, "Yeah, I don't have tickets, but just wanted to be a part of this." They I got down here. To. I know. I got down here at four a.m. One guy flew. He's he's in crutches. He's had dip, like difficulty walking his entire life from Germany. No t- uh, ticket to get into this thing, but he's like, Kobe was my inspiration to learn to walk. And he's like, I had to be here. And he had the most like ridiculous accent, so it was kind of funny, but it was pretty like uplifting, I guess, or empowering. But it's like, Jesus, man. Like People that don't even play yeah. basketball just have like an impact from him. Uh, it was pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, I thought Jordan's whole thing was exceptional. Yeah, that was it was very important because, like if you said, Jordan's kind of faded away. And what's strange about that, it's not like he just like kind of like, oh, retired and, you know, he's out of out of sight. He owns an NBA team. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad that that team is so irrelevant because that would be, it would be a good thing for the NBA if they had a good playoff run and you got to see him there. Um, I'm, I don't know how much he's to blame for that team's kind of ineptitude. He should be like a Steve Ballmer or a... Uh, yeah, like a visible owner. Like there's, a, there's a lot of them. And yeah, and he is, it's like he... 
I think he's still undisputed the greatest of all time. And I think it, you kind of forget that. You see uh, Bill Russell is like just everywhere. He's like 105 years old. <laughs> yeah. He's everywhere out Actually, there. Actually, he's probably only like 70. No, yeah, I think he's like 86 now or something. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think he's really Because that's the there. crazy thing. It's like Magic Johnson. How old is he? 51? 60. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. But it's yeah, because they, you really can't play in the league that long. It's like, you know, you're still seeing all these actors that... Yeah, so Magic's only 60. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's crazy. It's insane. Like, you just assume, like, oh, they're 100. Like, no. Yeah, I think Jerry West is 80 now. Elgin Baylor, I think. Bill Russell, 80. 86, yeah. which is about what you said, I think. I think that's, yeah, I saw it. It's starting to look but, a little... But, you know, he's always kind of looked like Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the classic... Thing at the Obama inauguration, <laughs> really tall. Where the, the guy in the news was like, "And Morgan Freeman's here." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just narrating it. Um, and one thing that was kind of crazy is just how fast Staples Center can turn anything around. Obviously, they have stuff every day where it's yeah. whether it's ice or because I assume uh, they had court. The, as the Lakers court. No, there was nothing oh. there. Yeah, okay. it, was just the it was just you know like a graduation ceremony, if you will, like just a round stage in the middle, not a hoop up, not a thing up other than Kobe's jerseys up top, and you know that ended at twelve thirty, and then seven thirty. I was in this, I was in the stadium at six o'clock, and the, uh, it was all obviously Clipper stuff by then. But it's like that's a fast turnaround. I mean, obviously yeah. it doesn't take that long to break all that stuff down, but set everything else up. Put all that well, Clipper I mean, stuff Well, I mean, Balmer volunteered. He has so much energy. He probably yeah, did. Yeah, I'm sure he was. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a, a job well done. Um, yeah. Good way to close it out, you know, kind of. Well, there'll, there'll be more. The Hall of Fame uh, thing, I'm sure, is going to oh, be yeah. crazy oh, yeah. this year. And his statue, whatever yeah, I mean, that he'll, comes. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll never be forgotten. You'll always see something at least a handful of times a week from here on out for a while of something that is posted or something that reminds you of it. And uh, yeah, it'll be, you know, it's kind of interesting to think what's going to happen with his academy moving forward. I heard someone was saying something about uh, uh, talking about his oldest daughter trying to eventually maybe take it over eventually or something or run mm-hmm. it or whatnot. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything with her. I don't even know how she uh, was. She even at the ceremony? Do I we saw know? one daughter. I assume they all were. Well, yeah, because the. The the youngest two are like babies. Yeah, the youngest two one are, is a baby and one. So is then, yeah, I, I saw she was right next to her. Okay, because yeah. I just wonder because it's like you wonder what she's going through because I haven't seen like anything with her. Yeah, I mean it is strange to talk about. I think it was always so weird how they with the, the daughter who died where they're like, yeah. oh, she was so great at basketball and she was gonna be the next great. It's like we don't know that, but it's like and there's like the other one there and it's well like, that's and yeah, that's yeah. the thing that I that's why I think like I can only imagine the tough time she's going through because she all she sees is all this stuff and it's Kobe and her other sister, but it starts to become a thing where it's like, obviously, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously extremely, extremely sad that her, that I'm sure she's hurting from losing her father and sister, but then it's almost like, you know, it's almost like she doesn't even exist though. Also like everybody, yeah, like it was just, Oh, they have such this strong relationship. Of course they would leave together. Meanwhile, you're out here like, you know, I was his first born and I'm, yeah. I mean, I had a strong relationship, but it's like, what? Cause I didn't play basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like relevant in a way type thing. I don't know. So I just hope that for her sake, she uh, can get through this all and do positive things forward and they can all keep his legacy going and whatnot because, you know, you just hope that, you know, it doesn't lead to some spiral downfall of like depression, which could lead to all sorts of nasty stuff, especially with the amount of money that family is worth. Yeah. And they are suing the helicopter company. Yeah. I was going to mention that too. They are suing the helicopter company. 
And it's also sad because it's, you know, the, the pilot obviously died. His family's mourning. Yeah. But it's like, I know, like, the stuff she has said has been like, you know, like, he shouldn't have been flying, yada, yada, like, upset. And it's, it's right for everyone to be upset. Of course they are. That's the first thing you do is anger. But, you know, no one knows what it was like. I mean, I've heard people, like, some people say that he, uh, you know, it was he only did it because it was Kobe. And Kobe was, you know, it was probably like, and I'm going to make we this won't work. Know. Exactly. We won't know. Like, yeah. you know, but I mean. He got, and his job is to overrule. Doesn't I don't care who you are. Like, yeah. And he and he, obviously it's easy to say he should have, but I mean if he would have gotten them there and nothing happened, you know, we wouldn't even be having that conversation. It's it's the risk, but fortunately for that uh the company of the helicopter with her suing, I imagine that's a domino effect. She's gonna well, sue and I imagine all the other families. I'm sure they'll, they'll be in together. Yeah, it seems like yeah. she's filing this for like on their behalf, okay. basically. That's cool then. Uh, yeah, which I is a good it, move. I imagine everything's going to whatever the, the donations they've been asking for before and we have foundation, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, rest in peace, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, should we move things over to uh, coach talk really quick? Yeah. So uh, in, in the actual like playing of the sports, there was some news uh, that came out this last week. The Cavs coach, uh, John Beeline resigned uh, only, you know, half a season into his first year with the Cavs. So Beeline was a longtime college coach. He was most recently at Michigan and had a lot of success there. And it was kind of a surprise because he's, he's an older guy that he would take this job of a, you know, struggling young franchise. And, you know, I guess the team just tuned him out like immediately and he's has had no control of the locker room. There was a story, you know, a month ago, two months ago about, do you remember that thing about the thugs? He called them thugs in a meeting. It sounds then, like vaguely familiar. But. And then he said, oh, no, no, I, I was calling them slugs because oh, they were yeah. lazy on defense. And uh, I... There's some people like that's not really. I think there's some things that you can get away with saying in college that you almost can't in the pros. Yeah, you are you are the boss. You are the man. You're the teacher. You're everything. And I think that's sometimes the problem with some of these guys that go from college to the NBA and have trouble because you're a teacher when you're in college. You know, it's like these kids are literally 18, 19 years old. They're still afraid of you in a way. Yeah. And it's like they're going to still look up to you. Like you think back to like some days like Bobby Knight and stuff. Oh, like yeah. Some of those Bobby coaches. Knight could not last in the NBA. That would not no. work. And it, but now you get into the NBA and it's like I'm getting paid X amount of millions. You know, if I have a bad night, I don't care. I'm still getting paid big money. You know, and it's like you get the arrogance and it's kind of like, yeah, you're the coach and you do your job. But it's like, you know, like look at any team that has like LeBron on it or any superstar. It's like, well, yeah, there's the coach, but they're the ones that have like the. If you're Tristan Thompson, you're like, I dealt with the entire Kardashian industry you think i'm afraid of you like, yeah exactly <laughs> you know he's been in bigger things in the media than the cavaliers have been involved yeah. in like the last two seasons so but yeah i mean it's it happens I, uh, it's a tough move for college coaches going to the pros you hard i mean I, I feel like you rarely see it work out obviously you do with instances like pete carroll and yeah. stuff like that but those are also kind of in a different way because i feel like it's like when you really become a legacy and call your college sport and then you move up it's like there is an amount of respect but when you think of Beeline, no disrespect to him, but he's no Shusevsky. If he were to come up, he's no uh, like Roy Williams or uh, Izzo or anything like that. Like those yeah. guys that have but will think, gain respect anywhere they go. I think those guys are smart to not leave. Oh, exactly. Well. Uh, that's why I think where it is successful is like Brad Stevens, where he was. Yeah. Brad Stevens looks like he's fourteen now. Yeah. So and he's he, calm though too. He's yeah. He's when, not he, gonna, when he took over the Celtics, it was like, oh, this is. He's good, not because he's commanding respect. He's good because he's just a good coach. And also, I think it's kind of like he's like these guys age too. Some of them like the veterans yeah. probably, and it's kind of like you know, like he's like he he probably learns from the players the same way they learn from him in a way. But then when you get like middle aged coach, that's kind of like 
like I said, no res- disrespect, but like not anything amazing. I feel like that's, and especially with like a young team that seems careless. It's like, that's where you're going to cause some yeah. problems. Then you get guys on the team like Kevin Love that are veterans that are just very unhappy. And it's, he was just thrown into a bad situation. I mean, it was a tough situation regardless, but oh well. Yeah. Strange. I mean, he wasn't fired. He resigned and he's taking a job within the organization. That just means they told him <laughs> resign or you're going to be publicly fired. And I, th- I think they're out a bunch of money off this because, you know, you sign a deal with these coaches. I think he's going to they have to pay him $20 million now. And, uh, Woof. Not us. Yeah. Not us. All right. Uh, let's shift focus to some injuries. Yeah, well, there's actually two big news re- regarding injuries. One, uh, Kyrie Irving is not going to play the rest of the year. With- Which I honestly, actually, where is Brooklyn ranked? I think they're like they're a playoff team this year, right? Uh, I think they're just out. I think they're like ninth seed or something. I'd say they're below the Magic, but uh, yeah, they're not having nearly as good of a season as they did last year when they didn't have Kyrie, and now I guess they get to go. They're a seven seed right now. Oh, I guess I was wrong. They're okay. six seed according to this. They're who's, tied for the seventh seed, I guess. So whatever, who's, however who's you want. Who's the other seven? Magic. Who's the eight then? Uh, oh boy, never mind. I'm looking at last season. Okay, <laughs> I was like, this doesn't make. Sense. <laughs> I was like, I think this is accurate. I should have even seen that too. It but said they, forty-one and forty-one. Orlando is right beneath them. You know what? So. I knew I was wrong because I was like, oh shit! It says the Heat are tenth. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, so I did see some. I heard something today that said like they have a ninety percent chance to make the playoffs. That's why I was like okay. confused. Well. Because I guess like they were saying like all the teams like it's already pretty much in yeah a weird it gets way, really like, bad settled. because the rest of the East is just they were terrible. saying the only spot that really is like a fighting spot that's not counting like your ranking like but to get into the playoffs is like the eight seed in the West between yeah. like Memphis Pelicans and that's Portland. gonna be a great race there's a lot of you know talent there and right now I guess they say it's a sixty six percent chance that's the Pelicans that get in so yeah we'll see they play tonight against but even like LeBron. the Kings and Suns are still alive in that yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Irving, I think it's better for him. I think uh, with no Durant, I think this was going to be kind of one of those years where it's like if it works out, it works out. But if it doesn't, then, oh, well, we got Durant coming next season. So we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully Brooklyn gets kind of that uh, magic back they had last year. Uh, some of those guys play better. Um, yeah, because was- they're going to need those guys to play well together next year with Durant and Kyrie. Yeah, this could be a little blessing in disguise for them because with Irving or without Irving, they weren't going to win it this year. Yeah. So the fact that he's gone and they can, uh, the fact that he's gone and these guys can all play together. And then, you know, when Irving and Durant come in there next season, they can, some of these guys, you know, be a year older, a year more experienced and see if it helps them out. Yeah. And then the other injury news we have is uh, Steph Curry is cleared. Yeah. yeah. So I thought they were going to, they had announced when he first got hurt, like shortly after that, okay, he's probably going to be done for the year, but. I have to imagine Curry was probably like, even though we're bad, like I want to be out there. I want to play. And I, that's what I'm guessing. I, I don't know that for sure, but you know, they're obviously well, well out of the playoffs, one of the worst records. And you'd think they'd want a lottery pick because Steph Curry can come in there and give them a good, yeah, they're run. like eliminated already. They're not, yeah. they're not making, but I mean, he could also him coming back could also get them out of the, which almost makes me wonder if they even care about their draft pick next year. It they almost do. makes me feel like maybe they're going to use it. As trade bait. They, no, they. I think that's the plan. Is you know the Wiggins contract and that pick. Yeah. For something. Yeah. Um. So I think they want that to be as good as possible. They're no, so sure far they, behind the I'm rest sure of the West. I'm sure they do, but I'm saying like it doesn't seem like they care about 
maybe being a one seed because if they did, I would imagine you shut Curry down the rest of the year because yeah. Curry coming back could give you. So at remember least with the new the new wins. lottery odds, it doesn't help yeah, you that much. True. We saw so that last they're, year. They're pretty far uh, behind everyone else, even I think. I think at least a five game cushion okay. in last place. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, probably, un, it's, it's unlikely they're gonna just play. I don't blame him. He's been watching so long. He wants to get out there, have fun. Yeah. You know, you hope he stays healthy, obviously, but yeah. So that's the that it for NBA. Yeah. So I guess uh, the other thing we got to talk about is Champions League soccer. I left us last week when uh, we talked on Tuesday. Liverpool had lost 1-0 on the road, but not a big deal. You know, they get to go home for the their next match against Atletico Madrid. And then the other game that day was Dortmund versus PSG, where Dortmund won 2-1, and Haaland uh, had his two goals. He ended up scoring another goal this past weekend for Dortmund again in their league matches i mean the kid's just incredible but uh uh, there was two more games the next day and uh let me try to see if i can even think of them off the top of my head one of them was tottenham versus leipzig which is a uh german team and tottenham lost that game at home 1-0 so they're they're gonna be in that that german team has a uh, an american on their team pretty interesting yeah there's a few americans there's an american that was on one of the teams today that uh that played and then the other uh team that played that night was or that yeah i guess that night technically out there this is where it's funny where like the draws happen because this matchup is two teams that are not even close to the favorites they're definitely in like the bottom five like bottom four to win it all and it's atalanta who is an italian team versus valencia a spanish team and atalanta beat them four to one but what's interesting about that is, in my opinion, Valencia is the better team. They got themselves that away goal. Even though they lost 4-1, they got that away goal. So you better believe when they go to Spain to play that that uh, final leg of that uh, series, they're going to go out there gunning. And, I mean, you'd be surprised. You see teams win games like that 3-0 and end up finding themselves moving on because they have the the away goal advantage if that ends 4-4. So that'll, be a, that'll still be a good game, I think, because Valencia is a good little team in La Liga. But – uh. There was two games today. Uh, Napoli played Barcelona uh, in Napoli. The final score was 1-1. So Barcelona, even though they drew, they got themselves the away goal. So they're probably in a good spot unless Napoli can find a way to score one or two on the road. And then the other game was Chelsea-Bayern Munich. Chelsea just didn't put a very good lineup out there. Like on paper and on the field, it was just such a mismatch. And unfortunately for Chelsea, they... We're playing a good Bayern Munich team. They were playing at home, so Bayern Munich was able to win that game 3-0, scored three away goals, and uh, they're, unless they have an absolute collapse at home, which they, which they just uh, flat out won't, they're going to easily move on. And then tomorrow we got a couple good games. Lyon versus Juventus. Lyon's the home team. They're a French team that can surprise you, put up some goals. They have a couple good strikers. But they will be going against Italy's number one team and a man by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo, who is one of, if not the best, to ever do it in the Champions League. He is just, he's a champion. He's perfect for the Champions League. He scores goals. He's like up there in the all-time goal-scoring leaders in the Champions League. He's, he just always thrives in these moments. So I imagine uh, Juventus and company, whether they take care of it tomorrow, will definitely take care of this round. And then a, a good game, though, tomorrow will be Real Madrid and Manchester City. And so Manchester City, as we talked about last week, is banned for two years from the Champions League, but they do get to finish it out this year. So in a weird way, you have to imagine they know they can't be here for the next couple of years. So 
If you're Manchester City, you want to go balls to the wall. They're not going to win the Premier League because Liverpool's already ahead of that by like 20 points, so they can't even catch them if they wanted to. So this is where I think their focus is going to be, and I, I'm going to predict. I mean, I'm not saying they'll they'll win tomorrow in, in Madrid, but I do think they get past this series. I think uh, they're better than Real Madrid, you know, and I think uh, they can get past it. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. This will be, I think, a good Champions League this year. I think when I was uh, I was talking on the podcast a while back, I said obviously Liverpool isn't the team I support and that's the team I want to win. But I also said like my money would also be on like Barcelona. I still think them, but I think between Barcelona and Bayern Munich, from what I've seen so far, I think one of those two teams is going to make their make their way into the final. I just think both those teams look pretty strong. They have some depth, and uh, it'll be good. I always enjoy the Champions League. The last few years, I've always watched that game on Saturday, which I think we said is May thirtieth this year. So that'll be a, another fun day that I'm looking forward to. But, yeah, should be a good uh, rest of the tournament. Yeah. yeah, so next week will be the second leg. The second leg of the teams that played, yeah, last week, and then the second leg of these teams in a couple weeks, and then you'll be in the round of eight, and they do the same thing for the round of eight, and then the final four, and then the finals is just one game, and it's at a neutral location usually. I forgot where we said it is. Do you remember? I think it was Istanbul. Istanbul, that sounds right. All Which right. is like the center of the entire earth. Yeah, it seems like it. So neutral it's, there. Yeah. It is, it's, it's in two continents. If it's in Europe and Asia. Neutral state. They, I mean, state. How, how many cities are in two continents? No, that's. A, I think it's the only one. How many cities are in two states? Uh, I guess Havasu, right? Maybe Lake Havasu, um, Lake Tahoe. There we go. There you go. We'll have more of those Kansas geography City. ones Kansas next. City. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a. Uh, our Champions League talk. Yeah, should we batter. shift back to uh, basketball, but college? Yeah, so we have not uh, talked much about college basketball this year, and I think there truthfully hasn't been much reason to. I mean, it's been a very interesting year. I mean, we've seen all sorts of stuff. We've seen the preseason number one be out of the top 25, but are now back in the top 25. We've seen like eight number one seeds lose this year. We saw Duke get upset by a non-even like a non yeah. named team at the start of the year. And, and just last week, too. Duke. Duke just lost this last week to oh, they did? NC State. Oh, that's right. They got like murdered yeah. by him. Yeah, it was like... They lost by like 20. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was one of the big upsets this week. But the main upsets were... Actually, I won't even call this an upset. I, I wouldn't even be surprised they were slight favorites. But Kansas, the number three seed, went to Baylor, who's the number one seed. Kansas had lost to Baylor earlier in the season at home. And they went and got their revenge, which truthfully doesn't surprise me. Kansas has been playing pretty well. Well, they just look really, really good. Uh, yeah, and they, they are the best team. They are now the number one seed, and they're deserving of number one. They are one of the best defensive teams. They're a good offensive team. And they just look they look really good. They got the job done against Baylor. But the surprises came here. Gonzaga went on the road to BYU as the number two seed, and the BYU Cougars got the job done. BYU has always been, whether it's BYU, Utah, whether it's in college, whether it's in college basketball, college football, or even the pros, Utah is not an easy place to play. Those fans, it doesn't matter if they're Utah Ute supporters, if they're Utah Jazz supporters or BYU supporters, they love their sports. I was close friends with a lot of uh, Mormons a few years ago, and, and they love their sports. They take their recreational sports very seriously. They take their church sports very seriously. I've played in recreational sports and church league sports with a handful of buddies of mine and they take it all very seriously. They're very passionate about it and those fans love it. And they got themselves a nice big upset on uh, Saturday night, knocking down the two seed, but the even bigger upset 
was the number four ranked undefeated 25 and 0 at the time, San Diego State Aztecs, losing as 15 and a half point favorites at home to UNLV. And no, uh, just UNLV over- was not having a particularly good season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anytime you're a 16 point underdog, you're probably not having that great of a season. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm not shocked that they did end up losing a game. I'm shocked that this was the game they lost. Yeah, but I, I think what we were saying uh, pre-podcast, too, was that sometimes a, a loss like that kind of wakes you up. You know, it's kind of a punch yeah. in the face, throws like some cold water on you because it's like, okay, hold on, we're not immortal all of a sudden. Like, we thought we could easily cruise through these teams. We've They probably already got their mind on wanting to be in this tournament and stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, we just got punched in the gut by a no-name team, you know, because you, know, you don't want to get you want to get a number one see because that's obviously the easiest path and now they probably knocked themselves to getting a two seed we talked about they still uh, could get a one seed i think but, if, if they win out they'll still get a one yeah and they and they should win out i believe they will i think that was the wake-up call there's really no one in that division that should be able to like really really challenge them i know utah state's having a decent year and someone else in there is but it's just not that strong of a conference so i mean that that's what will be interesting when the playoffs i mean when the march madness starts is We'll really get to see how good is the San Diego State team when they do face yeah. teams with more talent, neutral court and stuff. But uh, well, we'll see some of the flawed, call. the flawed teams of the big conferences. Oh, yeah, we would definitely um, If they can actually put it together. So I think uh, Maryland's probably going to be up there. Duke is still going to get a high seed. Um, but it looks like I think Baylor and Kansas will still will both get one seed still. And then you got Dayton. Dayton's in the top yeah, five. Yeah, Dayton's exciting. Gonzaga should still be up there. I mean... Duke, but I saw uh, just really quickly about uh, people out there that are maybe interested in, you know, make taking a favorite. I mean, not a favorite, but uh, betting on a team to win it. I saw something today that was interesting. It said 17 of the last 18 national champions have been ranked in the top 25 for offensive and defensive efficiency. Yeah. So these are there's only eight teams that are ranked in the top 25 in both offense and defense efficiency. Kansas. Baylor, Duke, San Diego State, Michigan State, Michigan, Arizona, and Houston. So it's almost basically saying that the way history has been the last 18 years, that it's likely that one of these eight teams will win it this year. And so just really quickly, their odds, Kansas 6-1, to one, Baylor 8.5-1, to one, Duke 11-1, to one, San Diego State 20-1, to one, Michigan State 20-1, to one, Michigan 40-1, to one, Arizona 35-1, to one, and then Houston 50-1. to one. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, those are all pretty good odds. I mean, right now, I mean, the way Kansas is playing, it's kind of hard to go against that. But Michigan State at 20 to 1, in a weird way, there's still something kind of nice there. I mean, they were the preseason number one. They found their way back into the top 25. They're well coached. They have Cassius Winston. I mean, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And if they're if they start to get back into the groove of things, they could yeah. be a and a if you do tough believe team. in if you do believe in them. Maybe do it now because if they win the Big Ten, yeah, oh, yeah, they'll go be, down to like they'll probably be a three seed, and you know, yeah, it'll be way down there. So, so yeah, exactly. If you do like that now, I would jump on that now. They're currently they currently just beat Iowa at home. They're up by seven with four seconds left. Iowa was the 18 seed, so Michigan State already off to a good start there. So yeah, I would uh, definitely look at a team like Michigan State at 20 to one value to uh, be a little dangerous maybe in this uh, March Madness run. But we'll definitely get into that more once. Uh, yeah, this is the last Once week. Once the calendar turns. This is the last week of the regular season. Yeah, we'll be in March. And we got the uh, our next podcast. The conference excited. playoffs, what do you call it? Conference tournaments. Yeah. Those are always a whole lot of fun. So, Yeah. All righty. 
What do we got? Uh, what do we got next on tap after some college b-ball well, talk? Well, should we talk some uh, baseball? Ooh, some baseball. Yeah, we got a, just a quick story here. Uh, the Yankees' starting pitcher Luis Severino uh, is going to have Tommy John surgery and miss the season. So this guy barely pitched at all last year. He was coming off two great seasons as a, as a young guy, the ace of that rotation, and uh, they're going to be without him again, and that's a big blow for the the favorite. Uh, especially after the uh, the second favorite made a huge move getting Mookie Betts just a couple weeks ago. I think this really changes the the outlook there. The Yankees will still be, I think, the favorite in the AL, AL even without Severino because they're just such a loaded team. Yeah. But that's that's a big blow. That's that's already a, a weakness on the team. Yeah, they're going to have to rely on some of these uh, uh, guys that kind of been disappointing over the, the past years, like you know Jay Happ or something. Uh, but of course, they did get Garrett Cole. So yeah, well, the, be- the Yankees are still like just from one of the sites I'm looking at right now are the second favorite to win it now. I don't. I think they were the first before. I don't know if that injury did anything or if people the Dodgers yeah. might have leaped them. The when Mookie they got Betts, Betts thing, yeah, might have changed it. But the Astros are. Th- I mean, the Astros, the Yankees are three to one right now still. So decent value, I guess. But you know, the Dodgers though, Dodgers are plus two eighty on this one side. I mean, that's almost like that's pretty intense. Like that's really like yeah. Saying something, but uh, just looking at a couple of my underdogs, Cincinnati Reds, thirty-five to one odds. Oh, to win the whole thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they will, but I mean, they will be an exciting team this year. Because the Nationals, I, I like, think people think the Nationals were a surprise, um, but I liked them going into the season. I liked them going into the playoffs. So I don't, I don't know when's the last time we've had like a true surprise team. Um, well, was it like the two thousand two Angels? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the Royals or the Marlins actually. Marlins were after the Angels. They were like what, oh, three or four? Yeah, the, the Royals. They went twice, and they, they were more of a surprise that they would have won it that first year. That's what it was. They lost the first year. Then if they would have the beat the Giants. Year. That was going to be yeah. an amazing story. But, but I'm telling you guys out there, the Reds. They got a great one-two punch with Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo as pitchers, and they're they're going to have a fun little lineup this year. They really are with Adi Mustakis and Nick Castellanos. Joey Votto, that Aquino guy. They're just really trying to appeal to you. They really are. I, I like, like that Let's get team. all the Greek Americans. Nah, honestly, then they did it. In. They did Come it. On. If Marcakis goes there, I am sold. But uh, we'll definitely get more into baseball talk. What, about a couple weeks, maybe mid-March? Yeah, we'll do we'll more a of a full preview. preview, kind of going through uh, the moves that we, we had we'd covered before, but uh, yeah. everyone forgot already. We did that last year, and it was a lot of fun when we picked a uh, like our AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young wild card, like most – like who our surprise team was going to be, who I think I just maybe even gave that away, but who are, and who are, uh, oh, it's, a, it's a taste. Yeah. It's a taste and who our yeah. disappointment team will be and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. I do enjoy, uh, betting on it. I enjoy watching it. I know, uh, Andy is as well. So there's a ton of buzz going into this season too. Yeah. This is This is going to be one of the more fun baseball seasons. If you're not, I'm not big, talking about the one in the jerseys either. Yeah. <laughs> If you're not a big baseball fan, this is the year to try to become one because there is a lot of excitement going into this year. I mean, you're back to the Yankees being the top team. The Dodgers are still up there. You know, Arenado is one of the better hitters, hates the management in Colorado. You know, you've got the whole Astro stuff. Rent, uh, Trout getting himself a, a good hitter to, to hit behind him now and stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun season. But, uh, yeah, this is just a taste. We're a couple, a uh, couple, few, couple weeks away from really getting into it. Bingo! All right. Well, uh, how about some NFL? Yeah, another quick story here. The NFL uh, is 
considering a new playoff format uh, with their new deal. I know some of the players have said, absolutely not. We're not do- accepting this new deal. I think J.J. Watt said that. Um, that they're at a 17th game as well as add a seventh playoff team. And then only the number one seed would get a bye. So you'd have you know two versus seven, three versus six, and then have just four teams in the second round. Um, this is... I don't know if this is a good idea or not. There's a lot of conflicting thoughts. I don't know that a seven seed is ever good enough to actually win. It's been a long time since we've seen a wild card team win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Because um, I saw this year, it would have been your team. The Pittsburgh Steelers the last two years were the, got seventh place. But <laughs> you know your team was not going to beat oh, anyone no, yeah. in they, the playoffs they, they this They year. would not have done anything. But the year, year before, with you know Roethlisberger and oh, yeah, Brown, before, they were a better team. Been possible. But um, yeah, this year they definitely... Wouldn't have. I mean, there would have been no exciting Titans run that got to the AFC no. Championship game. I mean, that just wasn't going to happen this year for uh, the Steelers. Yeah, and I think in the last 20 years, the Steelers finished seventh four times, and the Vikings did as well in the NFC. So yeah, those I are mean, the teams that would benefit from this change. But again, I don't see a team, a seventh seed, making a run. Yeah, but who was the last six seed? Was it like the Giants The Giants, or I believe. Um, although I will say, was it two, three years ago? The Chargers were nine and seven. There were four teams, I think, tied nine and seven, and the Bills ended up winning the tiebreaker. And everyone knew the Bills were the oh, worst I team. Remember that. The Chargers had played the Bills in the regular season and like beat them by like forty. And I think that that could help with that situation where you have, you know, a nine and seven where you have two teams tied at nine and seven, and the tiebreakers are just kind of stupid. Don't really make them all that much sense, and you get the worst team that gets in. But again, that Chargers team was not good enough to uh, make make the playoffs or not make not good enough to win a super bowl that year so yeah uh and then the other part of it is that it's really rewarding the number one seed and the number one seed sometimes is is settled by a tiebreaker because you you saw this year uh the saints went 13 and 3 and didn't even get a bye and that ended up being big they lost their first round matchup yeah no it's definitely a big thing when you don't uh get that first round bye i mean that's why i was saying like it's crazy to think that if the Dolphins as 16-point underdogs didn't upset the Patriots that last week. The Patriots get that first round by, and the Chiefs don't. Yeah. And truthfully, it sounds crazy to say, but things could have been completely different. It's been a long time since a team that didn't have a bye won the Super Bowl. I believe it was the Ravens. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it really so. could have been completely different. So Yeah, because they'd, they'd have to play the Titans around earlier. You don't know what happens. And Yeah. Um, I mean, the Titans, something would have been screwed. We either wouldn't have gotten that excitement of the Titans and Derrick Henry early on, or we would, we would have had a different champion. Yeah. And also, we all know how Tom Brady is at home. I mean, he would have had that extra week. They would have been at home. I mean, he wins that game. Who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson would have ho- uh, hoisted the trophy. I mean, we'll just yeah. never know. Maybe the Niners would have. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. I mean, yeah. the NFL has been flirting with rule changes for a while now with, like, extending the season, playoffs, shortening preseason. So, uh, who yeah, knows? the 17 game season thing is strange. One of the reasons there's pushback is they already signed contracts and they said, oh, they'll get paid more, but they're not going to get paid proportionally more. So, uh, you know, it's not like, uh, if you're, uh, Dak Prescott, you're asking for 40 million. Um, and if he gets it, he's not going to get that divided by 16 added. He'll get an extra like 200,000. So. They don't want to go. They don't want to play an extra game and not get paid proportionally. I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, I get that. Well, uh, all right. Well, we'll our see. last story for sports is uh, boxing. Yeah. So I mean, 
I don't think by any means Andy and I are too big of boxing experts. I mean, it would have been nice to have Cooch on here. Yeah, Cooch is more of the the boxing MMA guy. But what we do know is that uh, Fury did beat Will Wilder. Wilder. And uh, Wilder was a slight favorite. I want to say last I saw it was like Wilder was like minus 125. Fury was a minus 105. So it's basically even. But uh, for the people that don't know the guy that won, he had a pretty crazy story. He was way, way, way out of shape a few years back. He had some mental health problems. I saw something that said he used to drink 20 to 30 Diet Cokes a day, (laughs) which is crazy that he's a professional athlete and that's what he was doing. And uh, he had a lot of, like I said, mental health problems, wanted to commit suicide. I have a buddy of mine who's from England who is a – so he's a big supporter of him because he's uh, Fury's from Manchester – and uh, my buddy's from London, so he was, you know, very excited to hear him win and was saying that, like, he's going to win, he's going to win. You know, he's he's back, he feels good. And so, yeah, he ended up getting the job done, a TKO in the seventh round. I didn't get to watch the fight, but uh, a lot of people said it was a good fight. I heard something that said he won pretty much every round. And then uh, one of the big things of that storyline was a couple things were, number one, it was uh, very visible that he licked the neck of Wilder, licking his blood. Which was Whoa. very that interesting. Coronavirus out there. You don't want to do that. And then another thing is Wilder's coming out here now with an excuse saying that I guess the uniform he walked out in was weighed 45 pounds and said that he regrets doing that because he said that was so heavy that it took out his, it weakened his legs. And he said his legs were already t- dusted by the end of the first round. And it's like, well, that's what you get. But it's like, yeah. excuse or not, I think, you know, you were probably still going to lose. Yeah. And cool with the pageantry then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no one's going to feel bad for you for that. No one's going to take that as a real excuse either. So I think you should get out, go out there having someone carry you on their back like Hodor. <laughs> I'm not using any yeah. energy until I need it. It's one of those things you only see really in like individual sports because like there's guys who would want to do that. Like T.O. would, would try oh, to do yeah. something like that and the fucking coach would murder him on the field or something <laughs> like that. Where at team sports, you have a bunch of people to tell you no, no. But when you're on your own, no one's telling you no. Yeah. So he probably did have some training. Like, hey, you probably don't want to do this. He's like, no, this is this is my moment. Like, it's gonna get me in the right mindset. Um, it, it was strange to me. A lot of stuff I read from a lot of boxing experts was just that Fury was just a much better boxer. The risk, of course, is that Wilder knocks everyone out, and that he just take it just takes one. And so I think that's what I think that's what people want to see. That's what they want to see out of a heavyweight match. Oh yeah, it's the two um, biggest boys. It should be the strongest punches. So I think. I think that's why people wanted to see Wilder there because that's what and I, uh, that's what I'm looking for. But I saw something that said, uh, I don't know if it's official, but they want uh, Fury's next match. He wants to be against a guy named Anthony Joshua. Yeah, so um, Joshua might be <clears throat> actually the best heavyweight. He has like one of the titles. I think some places I have him ranked so third. I've, I was just going to say from what I heard – He's ranked third, and from what I've also heard is throughout his career, he's dodged going against Fury and Wilder. So, Yeah, he's I, the guy who lost to Ruiz. That was that fight yeah. last year. And, and they he said, ended up winning the rematch and got his belt back. But. Yeah, and they said one of the things they've kind of noticed about Joshua, I guess, over the years is he had, kind of has a weak chin, if you will. It's like he, once he gets a good blow there, it kind of like rattles him up and stuff. So it'll be interesting if they end up doing that. I mean, I think you have no choice. you got to go against – you know, we don't want to just well, keep – the rematch is happening first. Okay. That's in their contract. So there will be a, a third um, Fury Wilder fight. And I uh, was mentioning earlier to Andy that uh, Vegas is always so good at already having like lines out for anything. 
And I guess somebody I heard that uh that line for that fight will would be will be very different from what the line was this past fight. They said it would actually have uh, Fury at about a minus three thirty or minus three hundred favorite. So he went from an underdog, a slight underdog, to now being like a very heavy favorite. So you know, I have to imagine with that said, there will be money coming in on Wilder at almost, you know, at two and a half to one odds, but we'll see, you know, that'll be a good fight again. I'm sure whenever it is, I feel like these guys will never give a bad fight against each other. Yeah. But then I think whoever does win this, they'll have to fight Anthony, <coughs> have to fight Joshua. But if yeah, he's theory, they're both, they're both Brits. Joshua's going to have so to go against him big, eventually. Yeah, that'll be a big matchup. Yes, it will. And that's uh that's way down the line. We don't even know if yeah. we'll be here, you know? Okay. As a, oh. What? As a people? I don't know. As a people? Coronavirus. You don't know. <laughs> You're afraid, Andy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our sports pod. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been listening to episode 159. Make sure you uh, tune into our entertainment pod and share with a friend because that's how we keep this train rolling. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we had off-road punch each other. Silly Andy. See ya. Tony Katz. Yes. Thank you for listening. See you later.